Stranger Files, episode 51. It's nice to be back. It's nice to have you. Couple of announcements. We've expanded the show to the Anchor platform, and we are very excited to be here. Anchor helps the show reach Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. We hope to grow our audience and are able to continue to bring you the latest Bigfoot reports from around the country. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome! You are now an official Squatch Ranger. Your duties include have an open mind, ask questions, trust but confirm, and always seek the truth. Thanks for joining the show. And also to you returning listeners, thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting Squatch Ranger. Please always feel free to email me comments about the show, what you like, maybe suggestions. I love to hear from the audience. All right, let's jump right into some random Bigfoot talk. We took a recent kayak cruise with the NCRP, the North Canadian River Project. That was back on July 25th at the Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge in Oklahoma City area. We had around 10 people attend our little event. Our float trip did get interrupted by storms. We kayaked for about 1 hour and 15 minutes upstream, upriver, against the current. And we found a little sandbar to pull off to the side, take a little break. And we started noticing lightning, so we decided to turn around and head back to the launch point 
and call it a night. So we didn't get to do everything we set out to do on our little mission there. We wanted to scan the banks at night when it was completely dark with our thermal imaging cameras and our FLIR and all that kind of stuff. But we had a good time. A group of four of us came up with a backup plan once we got back. We decided, the four of us, decided to go hike through Stinchcomb and we actually ended up hearing a wood knock and we did get some FLIR footage uh, from our hike, not from the float trip. So check out that video, please, please check out that video. It's called Stinchcomb Kayak Cruise 2021 and it is on my Squatch Ranger YouTube channel. Please check it out. Please check out the new evidence page on the NOBRO website. Visit nobrobigfoot.org and click on evidence in the sidebar. You'll see examples of tracks, FLIR footage, audio recordings, and tree structures all compiled by different members of the NOBRO. So please check that out. It's brand new. I just added it this summer. It's a cool page to check out, and hopefully we're going to continue to add more evidence as we go. Alright, something else I want to talk about and touch on real quick is a BFRO report update. So, here uh, not too long ago, and by the way, I'm referring to report number 69006 which happened in Oklahoma County, Oklahoma. This report was actually submitted April 10th, 2021, but it occurred in the spring, April of 2019. I will talk more in depth about it later on in the show. I'm actually going to read that report later on. Let's get to some listener comments from previous episodes. This actually comes from the Stinchcomb Kayak Cruise 2021. This is Eric C. He says, Another outstanding hunt. My theory is Stinchcomb is a hangout spot as they migrate. The North Canadian runs up all the way to Colorado and of course south, down into southeast Oklahoma where they are seen as well. Stinchcomb is the perfect hideout spot. Food, cover, water, thick deer population and lots of cover to hide, especially now after all the rain we've had. Well Eric C, I agree, Stinchcomb is a perfect hideout spot. The North Canadian River winds through northwest Oklahoma into the Oklahoma City area. And one of our NCRP members in an interview on a different podcast actually said it pretty well. He says it's a dead end. Stinchcomb is a dead end, basically, because you're coming into Oklahoma City. Where are the Bigfoot going to go from there? Where are they going to go? They can't really go into Oklahoma City uh, to you know, keep going. They're going to have to go around Oklahoma City, find their way around it somehow. So basically, Stinchcomb kind of is a dead-end spot, kind of a meeting place for them. These next comments come from Squatch Ranger Files, episode 50. Tom C. writes in, Love to hear about new and old reports. Keep up the good work. 
E.B. writes, Congratulations on episode 50, an exceptional episode with three fascinating reports. I always appreciate the Oklahoma and tribal reports. Thanks for all your hard work. Your videos just keep getting better. E.B. Thank you, E.B. I appreciate the kind words. I also love to bring you the tribal reports as they come in. We always like to hear from tribe members. And he's referring to episode 50. We had a, a report from a, a Native American report. Very cool. And thank you for the kind words. I'm working really hard trying to make the content better and better as we go. Okay, Kathleen B. writes, Awesome Bigfoot Encounter Stories. Blessings from Kentucky. Hey, it's great to hear that we've got some listeners in the audience in Kentucky. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thanks for listening, and I hope you continue to listen to Squatch Ranger Files. And last but not least, we have Steve B. And he says, Shout out from North Carolina. I just brought a North Carolina report uh, very recently, and so he was excited to hear a North Carolina report. I always like to hear from Steve. And I hope I see Steve at the upcoming Honubi Bigfoot Conference and Festival coming up in the first weekend of October. I usually see Steve around there, so hope to see him again. Okay, guys, if you have an encounter story, please share it with us. All you have to do is email squatchranger at gmail.com. You will remain anonymous. We won't give out your identity we just want to hear your story. We want to pass it along and let other people know that there are witnesses out there in Oklahoma and other states and other countries seeing these creatures, and you're not alone. So once again, the email is squatchranger at gmail.com. All right, guys, I'm going to jump into the reports. Thanks for listening to Squatch Ranger Files. The following is a BFRO documented report. Number one, Hikers Dusk Sighting in Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge, Oklahoma City. Report number 69006, 2019, Oklahoma County, Oklahoma, Class A Daytime Sighting. When I lived in northwest Oklahoma City, I would frequently take evening walks at Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge. The preserve is roughly 1,000 acres, located on the suburbs of Oklahoma City and Yukon, adjacent to the Wiley Post Airport. Beginning from the parking lot at the end of Northwest 50th Street, the maintenance road will take you two and a half miles upriver to the Kilpatrick Bridge, where the North Canadian River enters the reserve. However, the city only maintains the trail to the remote communication building. From there, the trail becomes overgrown in the summers. The park is typically visited by local neighbors, bicyclists, horseback riders, and dog lovers. This evening, I decided to venture past the communication building, as the foliage was still at ease. I continued another half mile up the path to where the power lines crossed the river. 
From here, the riverbank drops 15 feet, giving a nice view of the river below. As I approached this area, my eyes were immediately caught by someone down below at the river edge. What I saw was an all-black figure down at the river edge about 250 feet away. I thought it was strange because not many people hike off trail into the preserve during the summers, nor late in the evening. I also didn't notice any distinct clothing but hair alone. At this moment, I remember being very confused to what I was seeing. Whoever was down at the river began to walk inland using its arms to move the reed bushes. Then I saw its long hair dangling from its arm, shoulder to hand. Oh my god, it's Bigfoot, I thought. I immediately began to reach for my phone without taking my eyes off the creature. That is when it noticed me. What terrified me the most was not being able to make out any details in the face as we made eye contact. This is when I ran. I continued to run until I met a couple with their dog back at the communication building. I will never forget the look of confusion on their faces when I came sprinting around the corner. I wanted to tell them about my experience, but I continued to run as I thought they would not believe me. The following day, I returned to look for footprints, but was unable to venture into the overgrown foliage. The experience was not enough to scare me away completely. Instead, I was more cautious of the time of day and surroundings. I continued to exercise at Stinchcomb until I moved in July 2019. The week prior, I saw a homeless woman making camp in the woods. Her hair was messy, so I initially thought this was her at first. However, this was one mile downriver from where I saw the creature. Follow-up BFRO Investigator's Report by BFRO Investigator Matthew Moneymaker. I spoke with the witness, Chase Collins, by phone. As stated in his report, he estimates his distance was 250 feet or so from the figure. He watched it for 10 to 15 seconds before reaching for his phone to take photos. The figure was already moving into thicker brush by the time he got his phone in position to take photos. He was very certain that it was covered with dark fur that had a reddish-brown tinge on the edges. The fur was hanging down from its arms as it was parting the reeds to move back into the woods away from the riverbank. The BFRO shot two episodes of Finding Bigfoot in Oklahoma. One segment of one episode was the investigation of a credible sighting by two kayakers within the same refuge. There were other second-hand stories as well. This swampy refuge is crawling with wildlife. The only hunting allowed is for waterfowl, and only during that season. No camping allowed, and there's only a few trails, and only on the perimeter. Update July 29th, 2021. Hello, BFRO. My name is RW, and I'm writing you this email in response to a specific Bigfoot report on your website, report number 69006, 
Hiker's Dusk Sighting, and Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge. I recently became aware of this Bigfoot sighting report, which, according to your records, occurred on Monday, April 15, 2019. I read the report for the first time on July 28, 2021. I'm a part of a Bigfoot group called the North Canadian River Project, which is a group based out of the El Reno and the Oklahoma City area. We were planning to go kayaking on the North Canadian River on Saturday, April 13, 2019, on a group investigation. Due to weather, we made the decision to not go kayaking that day. A small group of us, three to be exact, RW, EB, and JB, still wanted to investigate on this date despite the bad weather. Our backup plan was to meet at the parking area of the Stinchcomb Wildlife Refuge and hike trails and the perimeter road looking for signs of any Sasquatch-type activity. Once again, our hike occurred two days before your sighting report on Monday, April 15, 2019. You may be interested to know that we found a line of tracks which clearly showed right and left prints, and I'll provide the exact link of the video at the end of this message. Points of interest in the video. Trackway segment 1, 937 through 1503. Trackway segment 2, 1654 through 1942. Measurement of track at 19 minutes. Wellhouse reference at 1747. Your eyewitness report calls it a communication building. Powerline cut footage at 1942. Your sighting report happened very close to the powerline cut towards the north section of the park. The trackway we found may or may not be related to the creature seen in your sighting report. Our group was interested in getting your response to the tracks we discovered. Thank you for your time and reviewing our findings. The following report comes from Bigfoot The Real Truth Facebook page. Number 2. Student Sees Creature While Fishing 1950s, Hamilton County, New York, Class A, Daytime Sighting. I am 84 years old and had my first Bigfoot experience at the age of 16 or 17 while fishing at a stream along Route 10 near Arietta, New York, in a flat grassy area with the Adirondack Mountains in the distance. It was in the mid-1950s when there were few Bigfoot reports, none of which I believed at the time. The stream was only partially viewed due to the tall grass, and I chose a straight section which flowed directly toward me, then extended to my right. There was a path on the near side, which was used by fishermen following the stream, and a straight path on the far side away from the stream which must have been an animal trail. I cast my float and bait into this stretch of water and let it float past, then recast. I noted a sharp movement on the far side of a huge elderberry bush, 50 or so yards on the far side of the stream to my left, and watched a while to see a large Bigfoot appear 
carrying sprigs of elderberries under his left arm as he held one sprig in his right hand which he would strip of berries with his mouth. I was six foot tall and this guy was much, much taller than I. The hair on my arms and nape of my neck stood upright, but I don't remember being frightened, but more curious than anything. This was not an ape, but human. Not homo sapiens, but definitely human. At the time, I was studying anatomy in school, which led me to analyze his stature. He had dark reddish brown long fine, somewhat silky hair, matted in places. The shoulder line was not flat like ours, but formed a pyramid with no neck visible. His head sitting directly on this muscular pyramid. The rear of the skull seemed to be flat, but it may have been due to his laying down, flattening the hair. The chest was more of a barrel shape, wider side to side than front to back. The arms were slightly longer and very muscular. His thighs were also muscular, and he did not fully straighten his knees while walking. My anatomy professor had been extolling the virtues on the evolution of the human foot with its forming of the perfect arch acting as a shock absorber. Not so with this guy. He placed his foot flat-footed and seemed to bend the foot at a joint slightly forward of the ankle to lift and place it flat-footed again. So far, I had been unobserved, and as he came directly opposite me, I said something which I don't recall at this time, as I had not written it down at that time. He was startled, looked directly at me, gave a snort and huff, then hurried off. When he looked directly at me, I had a good view of his facial features. The nose was like ours, not as a gorilla or chimpanzee whose nostrils face forward. The nose was not as long as ours, but spread wider. The lips were like ours, but thinner, but a little longer side to side. He seemed to have a crest or ridge on top of the skull. Overall, the facial features were more similar to Caucasians than any other Homo sapiens race. He did not run, but walked off at a gait a human runner would be hard-pressed to keep up with. As he passed, there was a distinct horrible smell. I don't believe this was body odor, but was possibly a musk gland activated intentionally or as a reflex to fear. I sat for a moment, trying to digest what I had just seen. Then I walked to my car and retrieved a notebook to sit in the exact spot to record everything I had witnessed. My biggest mistake of this incident was in telling it to a few friends at school. Tarzan movies had been in vogue at the time, and I was then referred to as David of the Apes. I never again mentioned the experience to anyone. My three Bigfoot experiences occurred between the ages of 16 to 20, when I then married and moved out of state. In 60 years of marriage, I never once told my wife, not because of fear of ridicule, but because the subject never came up.